0: All right, so Chris, we've talked a lot about, and we're going to continue to talk about this whole idea of protection rotation. And people have different ideas of how they protect your money. One person might look at you and say, Chris, I don't need this. I'm fine. I'm diversified. So there is a article right now on the website called The Street about diversification. And it says a lot of people assume that they are diversified because they own an S&P 500 index fund or they own 10 different mutual funds. And what the idea here is, you're not necessarily diversified, your stock portfolio is diversified. That doesn't mean your retirement portfolio is diversified. There's a distinction there, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is, and I would argue that buying the S&P 500 index is over-diversification. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at it this way. Would you go out, would any individual investor go out and buy 500 individual stocks? Would you want that much diversification or over-diversification, as I would call it in your portfolio, mm-hmm. especially in this market?
0: So I think this is kind of like a person who walks into a casino and says, I'm going to diversify my risk today. I'm going to play stocks, roulette, and blackjack. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, it's all at risk, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know? and for, for our
1: <laughs> <laughs> listeners that that are also thinking well I have more diversification than that you know I've got stocks and some bonds in their portfolio so look at it this way do you really want bonds in your portfolio with interest rates being as low as they are potentially interest rates ticking up over time is that an investment that's going to be a safe i would argue no and b is it going to do anything for your portfolio so That points to, all right, well, I'm not just all in a stock portfolio, but I have a quote unquote target fund that rebalances between bonds and stocks. I would run from the bond market at this point, and I would want diversified asset classes that are truly protected. A lot of this comes down to what are your objectives holistically? So I rarely run into folks for the first time in our first meeting that can language exactly what they want from their whole portfolio, from their whole retirement lifestyle, how much risk to the downside they can handle, what they look forward to as far as, okay, I want to be invested here in stocks. I don't want stocks. I want fixed income products. I don't want that. I want insurance products. I want private placement, real estate investment trusts, or master limited partnerships. They struggle with it. And I met with somebody this past week for the first time, that said, look, I wanna be highly aggressive. I've got my costs under control, my expenses are way down, I'm not a spendful person, I'm very thrifty, I'm still working, I wanna be all in and I wanna maximize my returns in the stock market. And her portfolio was this mix. It was uh, about 40% of it was in the S&P 500 index. And I said, okay, well that's reasonable and she manages her own money so that works. The other 40% was in a target fund 2025. And I said, well, why do you have a target 2025 fund? She said, oh, I've had that for about 10 years. (sighs) Well, so you're not rebalancing your portfolio. It's not meeting what you're verbalizing to me that you need. And the other 10% was in cash. And that's not a risky portfolio. That's not aggressive. Right. And she said, well, I need that liquidity over the next five years. And I said... Well, is cash the only thing that's liquid? And, you know, yeah. you can see their, their eyes kind of open and their ears perk up and they're like, hmm, maybe there is a better way. Yeah. And what I'm telling this advisor I want, what are my objectives aren't in line with what's clearly in my portfolio which was three different buckets, and two of those did not meet her requirement at all.
0: It's so interesting because many times it's the other way around. Somebody says, I'm really conservative. I want to be conservative. Then you look at their money, and it's going along like a 35-year-old. This is completely the opposite. A woman who comes in says, I want to be risky, but her portfolio doesn't reflect that. Yeah,
1: and I did a portfolio x-ray for her and showed her that during the Great Recession, among other tests of the market, which included coronavirus. But during the Great Recession, the portfolio would have lost 40 percent. And she said, well, that's a heck of a lot of money. And that (laughs) flies in the face of, do you want to be aggressive? So that's part of the process also that I think a competent advisory team goes through with meeting with people, it's understanding when you say, I want to be highly aggressive. Well, what's your version of aggressive? What does that mean to you as an individual? What does that mean to your family? And when she said, I need 10% of my portfolio sitting in cash, and ooh, if I took a 40% hit, that would not be, I would not be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Well, is there somebody explaining to you how your portfolio is designed today? How it would react in good times and in bad. And when you say, I want to be moderately aggressive, or I've had people say, look, Chris, I don't need to grow my money. I just want to spit out a certain level of income from it. And then I say, well, if we don't grow your money, what do you think happens with inflation? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I understand. Yeah. So if inflation goes from 2% to 25 to 3%, ooh, I do need to grow my money. Well, yes, <laughs> we need to grow your money and we need to produce income in your case. So having somebody to bounce these things off of, that does it every single day, right? We manage millions and millions and millions of dollars every single day. It's an advisory team. We're assigned to it. We watch it constantly. And we see multiple scenarios from multiple different clients that we can at least bounce some things off of you to make sure that what you think you want, that's really what you want and what you need. And then we can show you different ways to get there. And ultimately, I think the power in being kind of a smaller non big box firm is you're the CEO of your money. And I say it to clients all the time. I say, We'll make the recommendations, but ultimately you're going to tell us how much and where to put it once we have a full understanding of what each one of these asset classes and different products and investments do for you. Then you decide how much goes where. And you should have clear understanding of how they will react in good markets and in bad markets and what the strategy is for each one of those. And I think that's where we add value. 50% of what we do is investing and 50% of what we do is financial planning. And I think that 50% on the financial planning is really the value that we bring for clients above other firms out there.
0: Yeah, I'm going to show my age here, but you remember a long time back and there was a series of commercials from Ford and Ford had a slogan called Ford has a better idea. And there was a light bulb, you know, the light bulb moment, you know, in the cartoons, when somebody has an idea, there's a light bulb above their head. And we have these moments in our lives where, you know, you go to a restaurant that somebody says, hey, you got to go here and you go and the food's unbelievable. And you look to yourself and you go, why did I not know about this? You know, why didn't somebody tell me about this? And you're having a light bulb moment. And that woman in your office had a light bulb moment. She didn't know. I mean, there's more than risk that just market risk risk. There's inflation risk and interest rate risk. And the fact that you might live for 95 years, that's a risk. There's lots of different things that a financial advisor can introduce you to that might be check marks that you don't have right now, Chris. And I, I mean, when we talk about protection rotation and we talk about having protection, income and growth, you've said many times on the show, the people who come in usually are missing one
1: of these three vital areas. And we've got to fill in that blank. Absolutely. And they're typically missing the key components of income growth and protection at the wrong time. So right now, the majority of new callers that we're seeing that come into the office to meet with our advisory teams, they're all pegged for growth. They are addicted to it, they've been riding this wave, they love it, they're making tons of money, and now is the perfect time to balance your growth and start looking at, okay, this growth portfolio, how much income could it send me if it turned south? And if the answer is it can spit out a ton of income and with social security and or with work, I'm fine. I don't need to panic and sell out then, you know, you may check that box and say, I'm comfortable with that. But if the answer is it's not generating income, like an S&P 500 index fund really isn't gonna generate any income for you, and the market were to go down 20, 30, 40, or 50%, would you be panicky? And would you have to make some tough decisions on selling at the wrong time? Because when the market goes down 30, 40, 50%, we wanna be buying, we don't wanna be selling. So, look, it's good to have somebody that is basically... We're not unemotional about it. We care about your money, but we are looking at it as how do we win in up markets and in down markets and keep you in balance.
0: Thanks for listening to the Money Unleashed podcast with Chris Hoffman. To find out more about the Hoffman Financial Group, go to unleashyourmoney.com and join Chris for his radio show, Money Unleashed, Sunday afternoons at five on WSB Radio Atlanta.